0: Thank you all for being here today. We really appreciate it, and we're excited to share some insight into the organizations at hand. We have uh, Patrick McDonough of Boston Scientific here with us, and Bill Troy of Mass Mutual, and of course, my incredible colleague Anthony Cusimano on the solutions marketing team at Veritas Technologies with me. Uh, I think we'd all like to thank you because we know there's a pretty phenomenal happy hour going on right now. And <laughs> instead of being there, you're all here with us. I don't know what you're thinking, but again, thank you. <laughs> you
1: are officially our favorite people.
0: <laughs> you are our favorite people at AWS reInvent 2019. Nice work. Okay, so we're going to kick it off. Anthony's going to uh, take over for a minute here.
1: Yes, and we're going to start with the most tried and true analogy ever written. Your business is a city. Stop me if you've heard this one before. (laughs) But I like this analogy because it does work in a way, right? When you think about a business or a city or any large organization, it's comprised of an infrastructure, there's data, and there's processes. Now, each of these components intermingle. They interact simultaneously. And without one of them, or if one of them is slow, the entire system can essentially fall apart or become non-optimal. So we want to make sure that like a city, your business can be always on when it comes to your infrastructure. We wanna make sure that your data is compliant to any regulation or any new initiatives that are coming out as well as recoverable. And we also wanna make sure that the processes you use, the applications that make your company, your company unique are always efficient and in top tier shape. So what we are going to talk about today is a little bit more on the the data management side. But I do invite each and every one of you to swing by our booth at the Venetian Expo floor to talk a little bit more about what we can do for your business when infrastructure resources are depleted or when your data is unmanaged or when your processes are non-optimal. We have solutions for all of these issues, and we're very excited to share them with you. But today we're going to double-click on the data management side of things. And to start, I want to kick things over to <laughs> our friends at Mass Mutual.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Anthony. You're welcome. And thank you for joining us here today, Bill.
1: <laughs>
2: thank you for having me.
0: I really appreciate it, particularly given your, uh, your expertise. You have a 25-year history supporting successful IT teams, which thank you. Like, it, what an exciting addition to this stage. Um, I'm interested to know, uh, what makes database management and infrastructure so compelling at Mass Mutual.
2: So one of the things that we have, we have our uh, saying that we help you secure your future and protect the ones you love. With our data, it's all with that, we need all of our data to be secure, and we don't want to spend all of the money on that. So one thing that we know is as a mutual insurance company, we have to be able to give them the best option secure and what they need. And we have to do it in a, a, a less expensive way than we can. So that's what we're working for now.
0: And that that standard you have, um, let me read that again. It's helping people secure their future and protect the ones they love. This is a 160-year tradition at Mass Mutual. It's notable, to say the least. How is that? Standard reflected in the company culture at Mass Mutual.
2: That is the standard is a really cool standard to have. I mean, it's really it's a real thing the way we look at it. And I know as a father, when I held my little baby for the first time, you know, you got to protect the ones that you love. And with Mass Mutual, they know, and all the way up to the highest level. And this is the one thing that I like is with our CEO, he talks about it, and he's legitimate with talking about it is to try to make it so that our company will be it has to be profitable so that our money will go back to the shareholders. We're not a stock owned company, so we don't have to worry about the stock price. It'll just be money that'll go back in dividends to our shareholders.
0: And the company invests a lot in its people. Tell me a little bit about that, like extending education for employees at Mass Mutual.
2: That is that is a real cool thing that Mass Mutual not only the management they want to work with you to find out not only how you can do your job good there, but what do you want to do? And in that, they have spent a lot of money on you know self-learning uh, type things, LinkedIn learnings, that you can use as much as you want. They also have a really good educational reimbursement for undergrad and for grad, as long as it's just somehow tied into what MassMutual will need. So it's very good, and they they encourage you to go out and do it. So it's a a really cool thing that they want you to be good at your job and get better. So that, you know, they say over and over again that just make sure you're ready for the future, and they're giving you the tools and resources to do it.
0: I love it. I love to see the company, again, extending that standard not only um, to all of its policyholders, which is so important to everything that you do, but also to its company, the people who are supporting the corporate culture. Mm -hmm. Anthony, back over to you.
1: Yes, so as, as you mentioned, Bill, uh, MassMutual is a very awesome company. They're doing some pretty awesome things, and it, it really shows that you want to take care of the people and customers that are dear to you. Let's talk about some of the challenges that you guys faced in your IT infrastructure.
2: So in, in one of this, this was funny because this and all of my worrying about what I was going to say while I was up here is what siloed data is or what silos mean. And one of them was silos, you all work by yourself and they don't know what it is. And the other one is the data itself is not connected together, so you can't. And the other one that hit that is big is we have hardware, we have tape drives and the tape drives are in silos. So every one of those, this new way that we're doing it is we have to find a way to get rid of the silos, both in bringing in data together so that we can get it easily without having to look in different areas, and for reducing the hardware, the tape silos. So that was that was what kept me up at night last night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> at least we got a very uh, you know multi-tiered response, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. There you go. So
1: tell us a little bit about supporting hybrid workloads.
2: So right now, uh, like everybody else, we have a very big on-prem solution, and we're starting to do in the cloud with net backup and different things. What we're looking at is we have backup. Tapes, we have a ton of data that we have to back up, and one of the things that we have to do is keep it secure and relevant. So what happens is we have a lot of tapes, and at the last, the last count, which I thought it was a big amount of tapes, but he has more, is we had, <laughs> had 48,000 tapes. For me, that's a lot to figure out, and literally, they're in different areas. So not only do you have to find the data and the tape, you have to find the data and what tape it's on, you have to find the physical tape. So now what we're looking at is the new way that we're going to get set up is we're going to have on-prem data that's in one place and then the long-term retention is gonna be up in the cloud. So that way we just have to find the data that we need and know what it was, re- what it was saved on and then we're gonna know where to look for it instead of you know, looking in the different places for tapes.
1: And the last challenge that we were talking about was adapting data protection with cloud automation.
2: Right, so, and that is, the the big thing is the data. We are all about data. We have so much of it, and realistically, you have a tape, and a tape will only last for so long. All of the cassette tapes that we had as kids, for had cassette tapes as kids, a lot of them don't work anymore. They just deteriorate. So while they're good for a certain amount of time, we'll protect the data. We can put it in secure areas, and it is going to stay there. It's not the, the hardware itself that it's on will not disintegrate.
1: So if you don't mind if we shift gears a bit, we've got a very complicated architecture that the folks in the back can't see at all. Uh, would you mind telling us a little bit about what you guys
2: did when it came to SAP HANA workloads in AWS? So this is really good that you can't see it. <laughs> <Hell>. <laughs> Because this way I can say what it is and you'll think, yes. (laughs) Um, What it is, is we have a virtual private cloud and in the top box in the left-hand corner, that's where we have our master server and production and we show that it goes back and forth. The box underneath it is where we have another cloud, but that's for non-prod development and for QA refresh. And then going over, we replicate it to the production instance. We replicate that to a secondary region just as a, secure, just as a security issue, just so that we have it.
1: And correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, as far as your, your setup goes, you're leveraging both NetBackup um, and also NetBackup Air, which is like the auto image replication technology. Yes, we are. To move that data in an optimized yes. fashion. Awesome, yes. awesome. Anything else you'd like to tell us about what you're doing inside this this infrastructure? Not on this one. Not on this one, okay, we'll come (laughs) back to you.
0: Excellent, that brings us to Boston Scientific um, and Patrick McDonough here. Patrick, I'd love to provide our audience some insight into your impressive 18 year stint with Boston Scientific. So tell me, in 2001, what caused you to choose a role with Boston Scientific and what inspires your commitment today?
3: Certainly. So, it was a difficult era for the world as you remember, but I had previously been working for a hard drive manufacturer in California and that business wasn't going to be doing very well into the future. So, I looked around. There was not a lot of opportunity at the time, but I made a good decision that in the long run, a company like Boston Scientific and the the innovative medical devices that they bring to the market is gonna give you something to be proud of on a bad day at work. And I've seen that in spades ever since. My own father-in-law, I have relations and friends, have had the benefit of Boston Scientific devices and I'm very proud to work for them.
0: Absolutely. Boston Scientific takes to market an impressive range of healthcare technologies dedicated to improving the lives of people across the globe. They do. Can you share with me a little bit about some of those innovations?
3: Certainly, the, there's quite a few from uh, women's health, men's health, uh, deep brain stimulation. The, the stent was our original mass market that really what made Boston Scientific the brand it is today. But two probably come to mind. The, uh, the Lotus heart valve, a synthetic heart valve which is built on a large stent would a piece of bovine tissue stitched to the front of it. If you have heart disease, you have a failing valve, it can be placed, and the Boston Scientific valve can be moved. It can be completely withdrawn and, and relocated, which is the differentiator. And then probably the, the deep brain stimulation area, Parkinson's treatments. And if you take a moment this evening, if you have a quiet time and take a look on YouTube for Boston Scientific, you will see the dramatic effect that those therapies have on patients. Really, really incredible.
0: It's exciting stuff, thank you.
3: Now,
1: to talk a little bit about some of the challenges that your IT was facing.
3: Certainly, so as as Bill hinted at earlier, we had Olympic swimming pool sized volumes of tape, (laughs) uh, which was shocking. Uh, And we had not differentiated between tape backups for disaster recovery purposes or just tape backup for retention. We had a lot of tape. We were paying a lot of money to store that tape, to buy the media in the first place. And I suppose if you boil it down really, the the risk of that tape being unencrypted, historically speaking, to getting out of control, to being misplaced, uh, it it was a really dangerous place to be. So we had to attack that and we attacked it very strongly, moving towards appliances.
1: And as far as when you made that move, obviously you wanted to have it plug in and align with things that you had already had inside your infrastructure today.
3: Well, certainly, we, uh, we had a need to, to build and grow at the same time the company is, is doing really well. The amount of data we generate is continuously growing. Uh, we have device history records, we have quality records, we have production records. So we had to keep up with that. And again, the appliances and the opportunity to be able to archive off to the cloud and to, to save the space that we need in our, I also manage the data centers, to save the space in those global data centers is very attractive to us. Now,
1: before we get into how you solve this problem, I going kind to of want to go a little bit over for the audience, a little bit about the setup that was involved here. Uh, with NetBackup, we have a new service called Cloud Catalyst, and as the slide suggests, is uh, we, the Cloud Catalyst allows you to essentially reduce network bandwidth and cloud storage consumption by ninety percent if you were going to back up a traditional on-premise workload and put that into AWS storage. Now, a practical example: the clicker will behave itself. I swear. A practical example is you could take some VMware, Linux, Windows workloads, a petabyte of mixed data, and ingest that into backup. You'd be able to deduplicate that data locally. And without Cloud Catalyst, you'd have to rehydrate it and move it into some form of cloud storage. Now, with Cloud Catalyst, we could greatly reduce the amount of data involved with that transaction uh, down to 90%, 95%, which could reduce savings tremendously. So I'm going to build this out here. And Patrick, why don't you tell us a little bit about, about how you guys adopted Cloud Catalyst for your organization?
3: So, again, Anthony, it's, it's that tier, right? I needed another tier to be able to, to get data. We want to get out of the data center business, largely speaking. We want to be able to meet all the regulatory and the compliance uh, governance that's upon us all around the world, but the opportunity for Cloud Catalyst is catalyst for the appliances for the, the new 5150 when it becomes available is very interesting to us as well. That combination, and we have probably a 15, 18 year relationship with Backup as a product. It's it's subject to every audit, it's it's discussed openly every single day and it's been a rock star for us. So that combination together is, is what you're seeing here. And we want to take an in-breath and go again. We got rid of the swimming pool full of backup tapes. We got rid of crazy fees to store those. We're on appliances, but now we need to push through and get to the cloud and contain that uh, retention window need and meet our customer's demand.
1: Yeah, thank you. And I do remember you saying uh, earlier that you, it was very interesting how you put it, you were using um, specifically something for disaster recovery data protection versus just traditional data protection.
3: That's right, we, we had a, there wasn't a clear distinction right. internally. There was a, originally a dictat, just keep everything, which is a very difficult thing as the IT guy, right? But to draw that distinction then to say, realistically in our business, if you have a disaster recovery backup, the one from yesterday is gonna be no good. You want to go back the minimum amount of time, five minutes, 10 minutes. Having that data for five years is a waste of everybody's time. So we had to do a lot of quality uh, publicity, I would say, within the organization to to make it clear to people what the difference is between a backup for disaster recoverability and a backup for deep archive or efficiency purposes within a database. And that really paid off so many times, because once you lean out that swimming pool full of tapes, the whole process gets a lot easier to manage. And we have it down to six-month retention at the moment, and we're going to try and go to three. That's awesome. And I I do want to compliment you on the ingenuity of pairing that
1: that sort of process with the technology. It's really brilliant. And until I heard you say it, I'd never even thought about it before. So really cool stuff. Now, before we talk about what you guys are going to do next, I do want to highlight uh, what we've talked about today is specific to NetBackup, which is our protection platform for all data uh, that can be basically protected both on-prem or in AWS. Now, it is a single platform of protection, so it allows you to basically wholeheartedly move physical, virtual, on-premises data into the cloud or cloud data itself. It's 3x faster in deduplication performance than our competitors. It also uh, allows you to uh, cloud confidently, so you know that when your data goes into Amazon, you can also recover it efficiently from that platform and it allows for integrated orchestration and management of snapshots in cloud workloads. And we didn't talk about all this today, but I do invite any of you that are curious on how we do the things listed on this slide to come by our booth and have a conversation with any one of us, because we'd be happy to go deep on any of these topics and discuss them further with you. Now for the cool stuff.
0: <laughs>
1: What's next at Boston Scientific and Mass Mutual?
0: What's next? Let's start with you, Bill. I, um... In our conversation before sitting down here today, I heard the phrase 80 to three. Yes. Share with me a little bit about that and share with the audience here now.
2: So one of the things that's really exciting for me is we have 80 appliances. We have 80 Veritas net backup appliances. 15 or 60 of them, 16 of them are master servers, the rest are media servers. With our new system, we we purchase and we're gonna put in, we're gonna have just two boxes in Springfield, Massachusetts, and one box in Denver. So we're going down, the footprint size is shrinking amazingly, so it's very, very good for us because we're also moving a data center.
0: That's incredible. Yes. That is incredible. And Patrick, I'm interested to know, um, the data generated and maintained at Boston Scientific is notable to say the least, particularly given some of the incredible technologies you're taking to market and the testing involved in that process. But the data is very dynamic. So tell me, how are you managing that data in the cloud with attention to cost and optimization with NetBackup?
3: So really a range of approaches. We're we're a long time customer, as I said earlier, Veritas, and a long time user of NetBackup. So we've entered into, I think, run our second consecutive enterprise licensing agreement with Veritas, which helps us a lot with the, the price point as we use the products. I love that the, we're going towards a cloud basis for net backup because it's absolutely where we need to be, very similar to Bill. We're going to be getting out of a data center a co-location in the next few years. My ambition would not be to build or to add another data center to the environment. I would like to consolidate again to fewer data centers, and then set up replication between our data centers, or ideally at least get the disaster recovery to the cloud, if not the the production instances of several of those systems that generate the data you mentioned. That's where we're going, it's an exciting time.
0: It is an exciting time. I wanna thank you both for being here with us here today. Anthony, thank you for being here with me today too. Anytime. Every day. Just (laughs) let me know, I'll be there. (laughs) And thank you all. We really appreciate you coming, and I hope the rest of the conference treats everybody well.
1: Are there any questions? We do have a QA mic.
0: We do. If someone
1: has questions.
0: Any questions?
2: We're letting you out early so you can go to the party. Exactly. (laughs) And get lots of swag. Yes, thanks everyone. Thank Thank you. Thank you.